let us pray. Our Father and our God, the creator and maker of all things, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord, we have gathered again to share the bread of life. Indeed, it is pleasant to be in your presence. For your word is a lamp unto our feet. It giveth light. It gives understanding. It breaks the yoke. It removes burden. Grant us, O Lord, open heaven, open mind to receive your word. Even the bread of life this morning. Our God and our Father, bring to pass that which you have proposed for your people and our generation, even for this day. Help us, O Lord. Let Jesus be glorified. Let no man be noticed, even from henceforth. Have your way, O God. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I greet all of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Last Sunday, I was excited by the practical way Reverend Dr. Honor demonstrated the events of these days on the topic which he handled last Sunday in times like this. I saw how he presented the way things go these days. And that is very practical. And that's exactly what's happening. Bribe to get a job. Bribe to get admission. Bribe to drive your car on the road. To pass any checkpoint. Bribe to pass exam. Even pursue ME. And jump. Sorting. To get a grade that you did not work for. Bribe to get contract. And not to perform it. And that's why the nation is as it is. Even to see a doctor in the hospital, you give bribe. That is the times, that is the way we are living now. But however, the scripture encourages us that this way that things are going is not the standard of this world. It's the standard of this world, but it's not of God. So God has encouraged us from that scripture in Psalm 112 verse 4. God said unto the righteous, There shall arise a light in the midst of darkness. Unto the righteous, unto all of us, unto all of you that follow the word of God, there will arise a light. In the midst of these things that are happening, there will be a help to every believer in the name of Jesus Christ. So we shall not be discouraged. We shall not mind them. We shall not go that way. 
we shall not follow that pattern. Because it's not of God. And so my message today is a call. You that make mention of the Lord. You have seen the way things are going, the way the world is working. That you give bribe to do everything. <laughs> but God is saying another thing. And that is the message for today. You that make mention of the Lord. You that is a believer. You that call the name of the Lord. You that pray. You that go to church. Keep not silent. The Bible in that place where we read in Isaiah chapter 62. He said, I just read verse 1 and 2 again because it has been read. We have had it. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace. For Jerusalem's sake will I not rest. Until righteousness thereof go forth as brightness. And salvation thereof as a lamb that burneth. God is not keeping quiet over this thing. Over the way the world is going. God is not keeping quiet. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness. In fact, that's the program of God. That all of us will see his righteousness. We are going to see it in Enugu. We are going to see it in Nigeria. In the name of Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God will still spring forth. No matter what they are doing. No matter what is happening. And all the kings. Thy glory. And thou shalt be called a new name. With the mouth of the Lord shall name. All these things that is happening. They are getting new names. They will no longer be like that. You will get job without giving bribe. You will get contract without seeing anybody. And that is where God is taking us to. You will pass your own exam by reading your book. Like some of us did. It is easier that way. Just read your book. I used to tell my students. This course that I have taught you is not from Wayek. It's not from Jamb. I am the one. And I have told you everything. Did I not tell you? And I'm going to set the exam on it. Why will you not pass? Read it now. Full stop. Many of them don't want to read. And if you look at verse 6 of that same place, he said, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, O Nigeria. We shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. You that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. You that is a believer, you that go to church, you that praise and worship God, don't keep silence. Begin to talk. Begin to do something. Begin to challenge devils of the time. 
And this challenge, that's what God is calling us to do. God is now inviting us. God is now speaking to us. God is now saying we shall arise and shine. Until the righteousness and salvation of God go forth. As a lamp burning. Until we the Gentiles, until everybody sees the righteousness of God all over the land. That is the call of God. And God has set a watchman. God is watching. God is checking. And he's not keeping quiet. Why should you then keep quiet? And so God is challenging us even from this day. Call your neighbor and bring him to God. Don't keep silence. Don't keep quiet. Intercede for your people, for your family. Don't keep quiet. That is what God is saying. Until righteousness goes forth. In fact, the program of God is that righteousness will go forth, revival will come forth in our midst before the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what is being awaited. This bribe and corruption has blocked Christ from coming back. And because God said the righteousness must go forth, it must go forth too. Don't mind what they are doing. It must come before the Lord returns. Brethren, don't keep silent. Declare God's plan for your people, for your family, for your office, everywhere you go. Declare the will of God. Help them to be born again. Don't keep quiet. Silence can kill. Prayerlessness is a disease. If you keep silent and refuse to pray and refuse to talk and refuse to evangelize, you will not get answer from God. If you keep silent, you will not get answer. You, of course, you did not pray, so you are not expecting answer even. So, you should not keep silent. Tell somebody, do not keep silent. Talk the other way. Tell the other person, do not keep silent. We just must do something. And that is what God is calling us. If you keep silent and refuse to talk, your neighbor or your friends or your family will keep doing what they are doing. That thing we preached last Sunday. They will keep doing like that. They will keep on bribing if you refuse to talk. They will keep on sorting. They will keep on doing iPod. Kidnapping. I'm robbery. <laughs> they will even keep they will even keep bastardizing themselves in your presence. They will keep doing fornication and adultery. You must talk. You must challenge them. You must tell them stop. So that righteousness will spring forth. As God Himself has said. If you fail to talk, they will keep smoking and drinking. And they keep misbehaving. You yourself will not even be comfortable. So open your mouth and begin to talk. God is saying keep not silent. 
You that make mention of my name. You that call upon me. You that pray. You that are born again. <laughs> Don't keep silent. I want to give some examples from the scripture. Those that did not keep silent. Those that spoke. And things changed. And that's where God is taking us to. There was a man. In the book of Ruth, Elimelech and Naomi, they ran to Moab when there was economic meltdown like it happened in Nigeria. They ran and went to Moab. But they did not pray. They did not talk. They did not seek the face of the Lord. They went to the wrong place. Even Nigerians are running, you know, some of them are running to Libya. Some of them are crossing desert. They die on the way. They did not seek, they did not talk before running. They did not, they, did, they kept silent and started running without talking, without praying. You know, the talking we are talking about is praying to God. Talk to God. There is God. There is a Father who watches over the affairs of men. Before you do anything, you talk to Him. If you keep silent, you run to Moab. You run to a wrong place. And that is what has happened and is happening even now to many people all over the world. They are just running. They have not talked. They have not spoken to God to help them to know where to go. Because when Isaac wanted to run like Abraham ran to Egypt, God told him, no, stay. Don't go anywhere. And he sowed in that lamb, he reaped a hundredfold. And so if you ask God, you will not run into danger. And so, Elimelech and Naomi, they, they went to Moab with their two sons, Chilon and, and uh, Malon. Because they made a, a wrong decision because Moab is a condemned city. A city where Israel should not marry from. A, a, a country of incest. A cost city. And so, all the men died. Elimelech died. Chilion died. Malon died. Remaining only the girls, only the women. Naomi, Opa, and Ruth. Because Malon and Chilion, they married uh, two Moabites women. Contrary to the will of God. And so they all died. <laughs> it was at this point I was saying, ah, God, why did you kill only the men? Male? God loves girls, so God loves the women more than, uh, more than the men. All the women here look at my face. God loves you. I say God loves you. Are you opening your mouth? Are you talking to him? He's ready to answer you. Praise the Lord. And you can see. And so, after they died, Naomi now told Opa and Ruth, please go back to your place. Opa obeyed and went back to Moab. But Ruth said no. Ruth did something. In fact, the type of thing Ruth did is what God look, is looking for in our generation today. Ruth opened her mouth. She did not keep silent. 
In fact, among all of them, among Elimelech, Naomi, Mahlomo, Chilion, Ruth, uh, Ophel, only Ruth opened her mouth. And her case became different. Praise the Lord. She was the only one that spoke. In Ruth chapter 1 verse 16, the Bible said, and that's what Ruth said. He said, Entreat me not to leave you. Where you go, I go. Where you lodge, I lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God shall be my God. Where you die, I die. Where you are buried, there will I also be buried. What a note. What a great statement. And she said it by herself. Nobody helped her. But then that is what God is demanding of us. That we should not keep silent. And because she, she did this. Do you know what this statement she made mean? She rejected her people. She rejected her God. She rejected Moab. Everything about Israel she collected by the spoken word of mouth. And it stood like that. Praise the Lord. That is what we are supposed to be doing. And so, she now returned and became married in Israel. She returned with Naomi. And without knowing, without any effort, she entered into the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord by her spoken word. Full stop. She didn't give bribe. She didn't negotiate. She just spoke with the faith in God. There's another woman. That's why I say God loves women too much. Rahab, the harlot in Jericho. She did the same thing. When the spies from Joshua came, she forgot that she was a harlot. She did not go about the normal business she used to do. She decided to speak out. Enough of this harlot is, is enough, it, enough of it. Enough of this bad life. Can I see men and women today who will say, enough of this bad thing that I'm doing. It's a time of repentance, a time of change. That was what Rahab did. And she hid the man that came to spy the land. And in the night she climbed, she climbed the roof of the house to take a note with them. She said, I know that the Lord has given you Jericho. Swear to me by your God. For I have shown you mercy. I want to be like you. I want to be like Israel. Enough of Halotre. Enough of Jericho. She took that decision by herself. And God honored it. And she was saved. Mind you, not only her was saved, her family, the whole family of Rahab, the whole family of that Halot was saved. Simply because she took a decision. Simply because she said, I will no longer keep silent. I will speak out. I will change. I will get out of this rubbish. And God honored her. And she also entered into the genealogy 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Brethren, there are more and many in the scripture. Mordecai, a Jew that was captured in the war and sent to Babylon in the land of Shushan. He said, because he have a God, because he serve a living God, he will not bow down to Haman. Haman was the captain, the man in charge of the, the armed forces and things in the land of Shushan over the king Ahasuerus. And he said he will not bow. He will not bow to them, to Haman. And that resulted in a very grievous consequence. At times, when you take action for God, there is a consequence. And if you are not careful, you will begin to you surrender. It happened when, when Moses came to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. I came in the name of the Lord. Pharaoh laughed and said, hey, you are saying this, I will not. He doubled the punishment of the Jews. And they started crying, Moses, where did you go? To Pharaoh. <laughs> that is, going to Pharaoh is the message of God, though. He's going in the name of the Lord. And Lord said it. But they suffered. There is a consequence. When you take some of this action, but you must stand. That, that consequence is always a trial to know whether you really have faith. Whether you are serious. And that was what happened to Mordecai. And so Mordecai did not keep quiet. He rose and went to Esther the queen and said, Esther, will you be here as queen? And all Jews perish. And Esther also arose. They took an action that was wonderful. I wish we can emulate that. They called a fast for three days and prayers. In other words, they spoke to the master. They did not close their mouth. Like I told you, not keeping silence means talking to God, not talking to me or any man. They did not close their mouth. And so they prayed, they fasted for three days, and at the end of three days, Esther rose, contrary to the law, I will go to the king. If I perish, I perish. Did Esther perish? Haba. No way. That is the challenge that came. And that is Esther donating her life. But her life was preserved. When you try to keep your life or save your life, you lose it. But when you are ready to lose your life, you gain it. That is the Bible. That is the word of God. Brother, I challenge you this day. And that is the challenge from heaven. Do not keep silence. For the salvation of your family and for your people, do not keep quiet. Do not keep silence for the development in Nigeria. The killing of Hebrews. The IPOP scenario. Open your mouth. Do not keep silence. Enough is enough. I want to say something, especially concerning the situation in Nigeria and IPOB. The battle being waged for, by IPOB 
Jachalai Biafra. This battle is actually powered by the dragon. It's not from God. You may, you may look at me as talking rubbish, but I'm talking from heavenly vision. The dragon took over the opportunity. Not to the benefit of Hebrews. And begin to fire IPOP to move the way they did. But the intention is to humiliate and to destroy the Hebrews. That is the, the plan of Satan that is driving it. The intention may be good on the part of the young men, but something else took over. Because they did not open their mouths. They did not call heaven. They did not desire or demand the leading of God from heaven. And that was what precipitated. But I want to tell us God has a plan for the Hebrews as a nation to restore the glory of Nigeria. That is, the plan of God is to use the Hebrews to restore the glory of God in Nigeria. That is the original plan. But the approach could become a danger. And to bring back righteousness of God before the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the dragon took over and gave opportunity for the house of Fulanese to come and to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But God is still in charge. Praise the Lord. Our prayer is going up. And heaven is responding. Don't, do not be afraid. God will still actualize his purpose. Nobody can stop the program of God. Nobody is able. I want to tell you something that happened two weeks ago. 23rd of September. In Enugu here. The Southeast Solomon Assembly was called... I know many of you will be saying, ah, why didn't I know? It was called by a team of Hebrew believers from Lagos. I was able to get this information because of my position as Southeast Coordinator of Nigeria Praise and the National Director of Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship International. So I was, I was able, I was contacted. And we contacted the, the much of the people we could at the time. And this assembly was held. People came from the whole of Southeast, representatives, South-South, all the states in South-South were there. Some from Southwest, some even from South, from North, but they are Igbo believers. And we fasted and spent the whole day from morning to night seeking the face of the Lord concerning what is happening. And we got a clearer information on what God has for Nigeria. God said, listen, out of the east, out of the southeast, shall arise a leader who will lead Nigeria into greatness and righteousness. 
men shall arise to prepare the nation and the church for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is God's program. Out of the east shall arise such a one. That is the program. And that is what the enemy is fighting. The enemy is not fighting the Hebrews as, as a people. They are fight, the enemy is fighting the program of God which is coming. Which is coming. And is coming. There was a prophecy by S.G. Elton, a British missionary to Nigeria. In 1670s, he said, listen, Nigeria and Nigerians will be known all over the world for corruption. But after a time, a new phase will come. A phase of righteousness. And people from other nations of the earth will say, we want to follow you to your nation. To go and learn righteousness. That phase has, is already, we are on that phase now. The phase of corruption. Nigeria has been known. I want to tell you also that a, another phase is coming. And that phase is the phase when a man from the east will arise in leadership to take Nigeria to a new phase. That is the war. That is the battle the enemy is waging. That is the battle the enemy is trying to stop. Brethren, God is looking for the Esthers, for the Mordecais, for the Ruth and Rahabs. Who will speak out? Who will pray? Who will call upon the name of the Lord? Keep not silent, you that make mention of the Lord. Do not keep silent. God is looking for men who will refuse corruption. <laughs> who will no longer say as in this time. No longer this time. It's now, it, God is looking for men who will prepare for another time. Not this time. Not the way it's happening now. But the way, another time, another way. That is what God is looking for. No matter the pens, no matter the odd. Men who will stand. Men who will be content with what they have. Even if it is little. They are satisfied with it and stand for God. They will not be tempted by red porridge like Esau was. And lost his birthright. That is what is happening. Many of us go for the pot of red porridge. Which they are dangling politically. And we lose our birthright. That will no longer be. The dragon and his demons are not at war against the man of the... They are, they are against, at war against the man of East. In order to stop the glory of God from coming forth. The war is not, it's not from Buhario. It's not from General Brutai. They are not, they are not fighting to kill you as a person. There is, <laughs> there is something they want to stop. <laughs> the kingdom of God. That is it. And so in that meeting, 
we resolved to change our language, to change our prayer. And I want to tell you, our prayer we now have started because some of us were praying violent prayer. Die or do this or that. But our prayer has changed. And that's the news I'm bringing to you. Because the battle is not carnal. The battle is mighty. Only through God. So we shall no longer pray that Buhari will die. Or the soldier will die. No. That phase of prayer is gone. Tell somebody that phase of prayer is gone. We have entered into a new phase of prayers. Hallelujah. A prayer for a change. A prayer that goes according to Bible. And let me read one portion. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. That is the type of prayer we begin to pray from now. And that is the way God was leading us and led us in that meeting. He said, for though we walk in the flesh, we walk as human beings in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. We are not going to use our hand to war. The war is not physical. That is what God is saying. Even though we are in the flesh, our war should not be in flesh. He said in verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not physical. They are not ferret and gone. That is not our weapon. If you are a child of God, those knife and gun is not your weapon. Haba. That is what God has said. But mighty through God. If you go through God, your battle becomes mighty. Praise the Lord. To so the pulling down strongholds and bringing down into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Haba, arrest every thought, every imagination, every discussion, subjected to the obedience of Christ. You have won the war. The battle is done. And he said, and having in readiness to avenge all disobedience. When your own obedience is fulfilled. Brethren, that is where the problem is. When your obedience is fulfilled, before you can do it. You cannot go to war when you have not fulfilled your own obedience. And that is the problem we have. What is your obedience? What is your obedience? Your obedience is to be born again. True, true. Not fake. Not fake born again. True, true born again. Your obedience is to obey the commandment of God. And return unto God. If you fulfill it. When you pray. God will answer from heaven. So for you to qualify for the war. Which must go through God. Which is mighty. If it goes through God. You must fulfill this. You must be born again. Let me give a demonstration. If light comes to darkness, does it stay? I'm asking a question. If light comes into darkness, does it stay? That is, you come into a room, 
You return to your house in the night. Everywhere is, is dark. And you manage to locate the switch. When you put the switch on and light comes, does the darkness still stay? It will flee. If that light is indeed light, darkness will go. But assuming you bring a, a mushroom light, <laughs> some of the darkness will still stay and be, and be watching. It won't, it won't suck all the darkness. Some of them will stay. So, for the darkness to go, the actual light must come. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That is why I say you must become believer through through. You must be born again through through. Because there are many born again that are not through through. They are that light that is dim, small light. <laughs> Some of the darkness is still there. Some have gone. All of them are, both light and darkness are living together in that room. That is the small, small born again. Incomplete born again. And Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says, Ye are the light of the world. You are supposed to be the light of the world. The, the Bible did, was not talking about the... He said a city on a hill that cannot be hid. He, he didn't say a small light that can uh, stay with darkness. Let me tell you. Muslims and how Fulanese, they are living up to their commandments. They are living up to their expectation. They are diligent with the assignment to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That is the assignment. That is their mission. They are very diligent with it. They can even spare their life to accomplish it. They can tie grenade in their body and detonate it to make sure they achieve it even if they too will die. So they are diligent. I wish there are Christians like that. Who can be diligent to the, the one God said. But where is the church? Where is the born again? Where is the believer? We are disobedient to our own commitment. They are obedient. And they have fulfilled their obedience in their own. We have not fulfilled in our own. That is the problem. That is the problem. They are living up unto their own expectation. We disobey God. <laughs> I was, when I was preparing this uh, message, the Lord gave me, he said, that I should give you the simplest example of how we, the church, are not committed to obeying him. He is looking for somebody that will obey him. God is still looking for In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19, that is the simplest commandment which is very practical, which anybody must obey. But we are not obeying it too. He said, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Keep it holy. He didn't say your compound is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He didn't say the church. He didn't say uh, your motto. He say you yourself, you, that 
put on your dress. You that bath yourself, you that eat, you yourself is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Keep this yourself holy. Is it a difficult thing? I mean, looking from God's directive, God's commandment, is it a difficult thing? That God will say, keep yourself holy, keep yourself good, keep yourself beautiful, preserve yourself. Is it a bad commandment? It's not a bad commandment. But we are not even obedient to it. We refuse. We fornicate. We smoke. We drink alcohol. We tell lies. We do everything with this body that is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We have not fulfilled our own obedience. Now, are we saying that Muslims should disobey their own God? Is that what we are trying to say? Because you disobey your own, let them also disobey their own. <laughs> and stop killing and stop misbehaving and stop doing what they are doing. If we obey our God, the battle will be between our God and their God. Are you, are you getting to where I'm going? If we also, like they have obeyed their God and doing what their God said, if we also obey our God and begin to do what our God say, <laughs> we are off the battle because it is not Kana. <laughs> God will take over and begin to fight the war. We have heard how he fought for people like Jehoshaphat. We have heard how he fought Pharaoh. How he divided Red Sea. He will start if we will complete our obedience. If we obey God. But the church is not ready. If you hear the news or stories of what's happening, you will discover that we are not ready. And God is begging. God is even calling today. Even in the prophecy we had. God is still calling us back. God is begging us to come back to him. To be obedient to him. That he will fight for us. He will fight. That your battle that is worrying you. That problem that you have that is worrying you. It is the disobedience of his commandment that is, is making that thing to stay stay. Once you, once you come into the obedience, God will fight the battle. Praise the Lord. You may have known about the crisis that took place in Quara. In a local government, I can't remember the name. And this testimony was shared uh, on Friday in Abuja. I just returned from Abuja yesterday. We were gathered for a prayer, Nigeria Praise Prayer Program for the Independence of Nigeria and for the State of Affairs in Nigeria. And one man, I want to tell you that all the coordinators from the taxi states of Nigeria were there. They came from Medugri. They came from Adamawa, from Gombe. They came and they, they are burning like fire. If you talk about the Muslim or their brother, they will tell you they are doing nonsense. They cannot stop us. You see, they are, their eyes are red more than our own from the east. They are championing the cause of the gospel. 
in a violent manner. In fact, we started cooling some of them down. You know, the man from Quara, he said that there is a local government in their place. These Hausa uh, Fulanis, they came there and they, they organized to install an emir. And they did uh, with the great paraphernalia. They installed an emir. And the villagers arose and said, this is our community. We don't need an emir. We have a chief. And trouble began. And in that trouble, they killed a villager of Dakwara. I can't, I can't remember the, he called the name of the local government. And they killed one of the sons of the soul of that land. These are some people because they can easily kill, you know, because that's their mandate. And the, the youth of that community arose and went and retaliated and killed uh, one Fulani man. Hey, immediately that happened, within four hours, the man was telling us, a trailer load of Hausa Almajeris came from Sokoto. And before you know it, police came from Abuja. And they began to arrest the indigenous of that community. Arrested up to, up to 600 of them and locked them up in the police, in the, wherever they locked them up for killing an Asafulani man. They did not, they did not bother about the indigenous they killed. <laughs> that one is not a story. It didn't have to come up. And when that happened, the church was moved. <laughs> there are church everywhere in Nigeria. <laughs> the church in that area, in that place, arose and cried unto God in a vehement prayer and fasting for three days while they were negotiating to release their sons from the prison. Brethren, before you know it, disease broke out in that Emir camp, in that uh, Fulani colony, that place. Their strong men started dying. And they were dying up to six in a day. And it continued. And that death, before you know it, they say something is, is here. Let us move. They moved to another local government. So the MRC has been deposed, isn't it? <laughs> Who is fighting this battle now? Is it you? Is it with a hand? Uh-huh. And they moved to another local government. They continue to die. They die and die. They say the thing is still here. They left Kwara and they cross over to Kogi. You may have heard about deaths in Kogi because it was being announced. That is the day too. That one started in Quara. And they died in that local government. They died in another local government. They moved over to Kogi. And they are still dying. And so they now called the federal something for, to, for rescue. God began the battle. Praise the Lord. 
why did God begin the battle? Because the church arose. Because they prayed. Because they opened their mouth. Because they did not keep silent. And that was exactly what happened. And so, brethren, God is looking for somebody. God is looking for men who will arise and who will call upon the name of the Lord. Did you also hear about that was somebody shared it there because I didn't watch it myself. In Ireland, in this place that a hurricane went through, in West Indies, in Bahamas, Barbados, Cuba, Jamaica, Haiti, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands, that's where the, the hurricane was to pass before hitting Florida. And this hurricane was to come in a five uh, mega speed or whatever, the way they measure it. And that is the highest that could cross a city. <laughs> Do you know what happened? The, people, the believers in Bahamas and Barbados, they rose unto God with fasting and prayer. They came out and stood over their city and said, God, this thing will not pass our city. Divert it. Hallelujah. Do you know what happened? When the hurricane began, when you got to Bahama and Barbados, it did like a snake. It coiled and passed that place and continued. It went through Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands, and there is no more standing house in those places before it landed in Florida. And you know the damage. Those of you that watched it, you know how it happened. <laughs> but because the people of Bahamas stood, God diverted it. Brother, I want to tell you, I want to challenge you, if you can stand for God, God will divert all your adversities. God will divert all your problems. God will fight for you. Only let us have our obedience to be fulfilled, to be complete. God is waiting for somebody to call upon him. And he will do it. And brethren, like I told you, I was in Abuja. In fact, I was in Abuja with my wife. But when we finished yesterday, I started coming back to Enugu. My wife went down to Lagos. He's in Lagos right now. In fact, they're in the church right now. Because the junior sister who would have been buried last year is celebrating a thanksgiving for survivor. And I want to tell you why she is living. Because we did not keep quiet. We opened our mouths. This is her junior sister. Married to a chartered accountant. And of course, a director in one of the big federal ministries, so they are millionaires, they have money. In fact, they bought a house in Lekin, 120 million. They were trying to pack in, not talk of the estate they have in Ikeja and so on. So money is not the problem. And problem came. In, by the time they were to pack at Lekin, the problem came. 
She had a challenge with I I don't know what it is, but it's in the uterus, and they did operation. After that operation, my wife went to see her and came back. Shortly after that, the stomach began to swell. They said the intestine had twined. And they rushed her back, second operation, and cut off intestine and joined. My wife also went back. Each time before she enters operation, because they, whenever the crisis comes, they will call my wife because they know two of us. In fact, they call us these people that bind and lose. They know us. And so, any bororum, they have called us. And my wife will arrive. My wife will hold the sister before going into the theater. She will point, hold her at the navel and say, my sister, I senior you. You will not die. I stand in God for you. You will go in and you will come out. And that was what she repeated. She did for the first operation, for the second operation. The third operation was that because she has lied down so much on the bed, there was accumulation of the fluid in the chest, in the thoracic cavity, and she could no longer breathe. And they called, by 7.30 that day, they called us, the, your sister is gone. And lucky enough, we just bathed. My wife carried her bag. We went to the airport. We bought ticket 38,000 that day to just to fly for my wife to get to Lagos before they entered the theater. And my wife arrived and heard her novel again and said, my sister, you are not going to die. Apart from the prayer points we had sent around to full gospel people and the all believers who were praying. And after that, in fact, each time my wife arrives in the hospital, they will say, hey, she has come, she has come, she has come. And my wife will go and catch the sister and say, you are not going to die. And, and they took her in. In fact, the doctor said, there's no reason for her to still be living because the situation was bad. They drained it successfully and she came out again. In fact, at that point, she was in intensive unit and they were putting oxygen. She was on oxygen and the husband ran away. The husband wasn't coming to the hospital again. In fact, she began to make arrangements for the ambulance that we take her straight to Tumo in order that she will not be in, in the in mortuary in Lagos. That was the arrangement she was making with some homeowner that we were already hanging around. And so she he did not even come to hospital. And, and so my wife, my wife was with her. My wife was with, at the intensive unit praying, binding and speaking in tongues. And at the point, one consultant was passing. And say, who is, is in that place that this woman is, is just always making noise and praying? They told her is the junior sister. It's like a compassion came to the man. A consultant. He wasn't involved in that treatment. Then he came in and examined the folder, examined the lady and said, and, and wrote a drug and said, can you get this drug? Give it to her. When she starts sweating, remove the oxygen. That was what the man said. And they went and bought the drug. There was money. Any drug, he said, they can buy it too. <laughs> they bought the drug. 
and the, and the injected as the man uh, directed. And within five minutes, she started sweating. So they removed the, the oxygen and brought her to the normal bed. And shortly she opened her eyes and started talking with the sister. Meanwhile, the husband was arranging ambulance. And that was how this lady, to cut the story short, survived. And so today she is doing her thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Do not be silent. You must speak. Another example before I conclude is Elisha. A strong believer. In 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 1, you see the story there. When Elijah, the master of Elisha, was, take, was to be taken up in heaven, he said, tarry here in Gilgal. And Elisha said, as long as the Lord liveth and as your soul liveth, I will not tarry. I will follow you. He was prepared to go with his master to the end. How many of us are prepared to do this journey to the end? No matter the, no matter the challenge, no matter the obstacle, I must get to the end. And so, he followed him. When they got to Jericho, Elijah told, Elijah told him to tarry here. He said, no, as long as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. And the sons of prophet discouraged him. He said, keep, keep peace, keep your peace. And he continued. When they crossed Jordan, ah, and when they got to Jordan, the same thing happened. They said, are you, that we are now mocking him. Are you foolish? The man who is being taken and you are following him. He said, keep your peace. He followed to the end. Praise the Lord. Brethren, will you follow to the end? Me, I will follow to the end. And so the, when they now got there, it was when they crossed Jordan that this thing downed on Elijah. What kind of man is this that he cannot be discouraged? Now, what do you want me to do for you? His request was double portion of your anointing. Which means that he, he was not satisfied with the level of anointing on his master. He wanted more. That is the kind of man that God needs now. And he will raise him from chapel of his resurrection. Amen. And so God, because of that, he saw Elijah taken off in a chariot of horses. <laughs> Brethren, the, the day I was studying this, I was saying, ah, can I go like Elijah? <laughs> go in a chariot of... It's, it's glorious. He arose. Physical into heaven. Hallelujah. That's a man that served the Lord. And he collected the double portion of anointing. Brethren, as you change your mind today and begin to follow to the end, you will collect double portion of anointing. Amen. That anointing is upon you from this day. Amen. Because John in 14 verse 12, John 14 12, the Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works I do, he shall he do. Also, and greater work shall he do. If you believe in God, you will do greater work. The same way, oh my brothers and sisters, Hannah got somewhere. Because one day, she said, enough is enough. I will no longer keep quiet. She refused food and went to, into the temple in, 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 uh, in uh, where? In Shiloh. 
And he prayed and she got somewhere. You will get your somewhere today. I say you will get your own somewhere today. In the name of Jesus. Jabez also said enough is enough. A man of sorrow. Oh that God bless me indeed. And enlarge my coast. God honor Jabez. God removed sorrow from Jabez. God enlarged his coast. And made him a great man. Because he did not keep quiet. Because he spoke out. Because he prayed. He called on the name of the Lord. My brothers and sisters. As you call upon the name of the Lord. All the sorrows will disappear. Every challenge in your life will go from this day. Because you are going to pray like Jabez. Hezekiah. Before I conclude. Also said. Isaiah the prophet was sent from God to him to tell him to prepare his house. That it was this sickness was unto death. You know what Hezekiah did? He turned his face to the wall and cried unto God and said, no, I'm not going to die now. Brethren, Hezekiah, if he had kept quiet like a lie, he would have perished. Eli kept quiet and he perished. But Hezekiah said, I'm not going to die now. I have not finished my work. Remember my work with you, O Lord. And God answered him. God added 15 more years to him. God will add years to you in the name of Jesus. God will add blessings to you in the name of Jesus. As you arise in vehemence to say enough is enough over any situation today. It will be so happen. In the name of Jesus. And so brother who is there among you? Who will say enough is enough? Who is there among you? Like Elisha. Who will say as long as the Lord liveth. I will not leave you. Who is there like Esther? Who will say if I perish I perish. Who is there among you like the three Hebrew boys? Who will say to Nebuchadnezzar the king, I will not be careful to talk to you in this matter. I will not serve the golden image. Brethren, God is ready to answer. God, if God can hear Rahab the harlot of Jericho, God will also hear you. Even more than hear you. If God can hear Ruth, a Mabites, a condemned city and a condemned town. God will also hear you. So, brethren, I see from my midst today, in the spirit of, of God, I see, I see men having God's visitation today. Somebody is having God's visitation today. I see men having God, having a breakthrough over the barriers that have been there for many years. I see somebody being healed today. I see the power of God walking through our lives today. I see an enlargement. I see a growth. I see the power of God moving in our midst. Brother, we are now praying. Begin to talk to God. You are that one. You may be that one whom I'm seeing in the spirit that God is visiting. That barriers are being broken. That upliftment is taking place. You may be that one. You may be that one. That one being healed. You are likely to be the one if you are sick. God is healing somebody. God is enlarging the cost of somebody. 
like that of Jabez. God is promoting. God is making somebody, even in this meltdown, to reap a hundredfold in this land. God can do all things. The battle is not carnal. The battle is mighty through God. And we are going through God. We are going through God. But brethren, before I conclude this prayer, I want to say something. If you are not giving your life to Jesus, please do it. If you offended along the way, repeat it. When I gave my life in September 1990, I can't remember it. I can't forget it. From that day, any other day they call, say, if you have not given your life, give your life. I give again until people started holding my hand that I have given enough. So, brethren, you can give your life. Even if you have done before, but you are no longer too sure, give again today. So if you want to do that, just raise up your right hand. I will pray for you. Quickly, I will just pray for you. If you want to give your life, having had this word, because the prayer of, of a sinner is an abomination before God. You may not benefit from this thing God is doing now. I thank God for the response of these people giving their life to Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. I was already a lecturer one in the university when I gave my life to Jesus. So I know myself well, well when I gave my life to Jesus. I did not do it in secret. And I walked up and I surrendered. From that day, a new glory, a new power, a new anointing, a new fire, a new understanding came. So God is calling you. If you have not done that, just do it. It is God. It is before God you are. Not before any man. Every other person is praying and I want you to continue to pray. Lifting up these ones that are standing before the Lord. That God will take over their life from today. God will do a new thing in their life today. I will now pray for you. You will pray after me. Those of you standing. My Father and my God, I have had your word. I have decided by myself to give my life to you. Lord, I surrender my life to you. Be my Lord and my personal Savior from this day. Help me, Lord, to begin from today to live a good life. Remove evil from me. Remove sins from me. And make me a new creature. Thank you, my Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I will now pray for you. My Father, my God, I thank you for these ladies and men that are standing before you. Father, I bring them before you. I bring a seal of God upon their life. I cancel their names in the book of death. I transfer their names into the book of life. I declare that Jesus Christ is their Lord from today. And his glory will rest upon them from today. God will help them. God will help you. God will assist you. God will fight your battle. God will bless you and place you appropriately into his track to make heaven. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody will stand up. We just pray a sharp prayer. We just pray a prayer. And God will hear from heaven. God will fight your battle. You will pray and say, my Father and my God,
From today, my language has changed. My prayer has changed. I will go according to your will. I will go. I will live my life for you. I will open my mouth. I will no longer be silent. I will call upon the name of the Lord. Concerning everything. Concerning all I want to do. Concerning all my decisions. Concerning every step I take. I will call upon the name of the Lord. My language has changed. The Lord is my help. He is my defense. He is my protection. Brother, open your mouth and pray that prayer. Your language has changed today. From today, you will open your mouth and call upon the name of the Lord. You will no longer keep silent. You will no longer be silent. You will call upon the name of the Lord. For you to take any step, any action, I will call upon the name of the Lord. Father, I will call upon your name concerning all my situation, concerning my family, concerning my town, concerning my business. And when I call, you will answer. For the battle is not carnal but mighty through you. From today, my prayer has changed. I will go through God. My actions have changed. I will go through God. I will walk with God. I will walk in God. I walk through God. Help me, O oh Lord. Help me to run according to your will. To run according to your mind. Thank you, our Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we pray.